Hey, loyal podcast listeners. This is your host, Michael Smalley, wanting to remind you, check out smalleyinstitute.com because you can go there and sign up today for free to the number one reason relationships fail online course. When you sign up, you will start learning immediately exactly why relationships get in trouble, whether it's marriage, parenting, friendships, business, doesn't matter because all relationships get stuck in a universal pattern, and when you don't know it, you fail. So sign up today at smalleyinstitute.com for the number one reason relationships fail online course. Another episode of Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley. Again, alone in the studio. And I am on day two. So I am officially two for two on my 28-day challenge here to post an episode every single day for 28 days. And this, and we are now obviously on statement number two. And this is part of this thing that I just feel called to do, and it's 28 statements from Jesus that can transform your relationship. My goal, my hope, my dream for you is you listen to these, but more importantly, you get into Christ's words and you respond. You react to them. You allow them to transform your life, and when you do that, Because in Christ is freedom. That's where we get the freedom. And we need to know what he said in order to have that freedom. So you're getting 28 radical statements from Christ that can transform any relationship. So statement number two from Jesus, this comes to us from Matthew 4, 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Whoa. I've titled this one, Repent. And this is a command from Christ, so it's not even just a statement, but this is something that Jesus is trying to tell you to do. And, you know, context, Christ said that my words, they're, they're, they're freedom. So his commands are not going to burden you. They're not going to you know, cause you to stress out trying to follow them and it's not going to lead to legalism or some sort of terrible religious attitude. They lead to freedom. And repenting is going to be major for your relationship because a true disciple, so if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a true disciple is not first a learner or reader of his words. No, no. First, you are a doer. In verse 19, so Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, come follow me. So he's recruiting the first four disciples. And he says, follow me. It's really, it's it's the first command of Jesus's public ministry was repent. So he's like, repent of your sins. And then he goes on to say, and now follow me. So Jesus's first command in his public ministry was 
repent. Why? Why is that the first one? Because Jesus wants an inward change. Because the reality is nothing else that he's going to say, nothing else you're going to read in Scripture, none of it is going to stick if you don't first address you. What are the things that are dragging you down? What are the things that are causing you to feel hopeless? What is it addiction? Is it a broken relationship? Is it regret? Is it guilt? Jesus wants an inward change. He wants to change you from the inside out, starting with your heart, the core of who you are, so you can honor his two greatest commandments, which are love God and love others. But you want to be careful because this command to repent and really any of Christ's commands or any of these statements, especially if they convict you, your actions need to be immediate. In verse 20, he says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. So Christ says, repent. Then he goes, follow me. And what is the response of this inner circle? Really, three of them become some of Christ's closest friends. They immediately, they leave everything there. They drop whatever it is they're doing, and they responded to Christ's words. They responded to his command. A friend's wife was recently giving a sermon in Southern California, and wow, it was awesome. I mean, she, she has so much energy, and for me, sitting, because we just visited on this Sunday, to hear her was a major conviction in my own life. Because when she found Christ, she was miserable. She was an alcoholic. She was a drug addict. Nothing in her life was going right. Disaster after disaster. And she's in her car. She's driving. She is feeling completely hopeless. And it was like God called her out of all of that, and said, come, follow me. And, and she has this prompting to just pull over and, and goes into this church on some random day of the week, and the only person she could find and runs into is the janitor. The guy, you know, he's, he's just cleans up the place, but he was a follower. And she's like, I need help. And I came in here. And I don't know what to do, but my life is a mess, and can you help me? So he leads her into a relationship with Christ. And she, she prays. She repents. She's going, I believe you. I want to follow you. And she's like, now what? And, and she could feel these burdens lifting, and she could feel the, the weight of her choices and the things that were that were destroying her, lifting. And she's kind of getting that, you know, remember that high that you got either at Christian camp or maybe when you first made that commitment and you're just, wow, you're on fire. And she's like, what do I do now? And he just says, go tell everybody what you've decided. Go tell everybody you know 
that you now follow Christ and that your life is forever changed. And, 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 and her point was this very thing, is your actions need to be immediate. So one of the things I appreciated about her was she's like, I didn't know any better. I didn't know to resist or I didn't know to be quiet or I didn't know to, you know, whatever. Maybe it even fit her personality, but she's like, I ran out of that church and I went right to the car dealership I had been working at and I told everybody. And these were people she had sold drugs to. These were people she did drugs with. And she went straight there and shared with everybody her change and her decision and her commitment to follow Christ, which, of course, you know, probably came across manic, came across crazy, and people are probably thinking, you know, is this real or, okay, this is just her. But she can remember it was her willingness, it was her decision, it was her immediacy that began her down this path of being sober for now. It was, I think, 40 years of, of her serious life change. So it's not just enough to say, I love you and I believe you. It's you gotta respond. And so in Matthew 4, 17, when Christ says, repent, what is it? What is it in your life? Frankly, when I was doing this one this morning and going over the notes and figuring out what do I want to say, I got convicted. I had to stop. I had to ask Christ forgiveness for my own stupidity. Repentance, repentance changes you from the inward because what it means when you look it up in the dictionary, repent is to turn from sin, to turn from sin, turn away from, run, flee, like get out of there and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life. So when you repent, you change. It's not about, hey, I'm sorry, and then you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Repent says, I get it. This is stupid. This is miserable. Lord, this dishonors you. This dishonors others. I got to knock this off. I recognize it, and I want to do things differently. And you're, the fruit of that decision, the fruit of that decision is that you flee, that you run away from it. One of the really poetic things in, in Scripture is from David, and it's Psalms 51, 1 through 17. I'm just going to read it here on this show because this is David's repentance. This is his, I have messed up royally. This is when he slept with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed. And I mean, yeah, this is about as bad as it gets. And I just want to read it for you. I'm going to, this is the New Living Translation. But I want you to hear these words because this is what you're looking for. This is the heart, the tone, the attitude that you want to have if you're going to obey Christ's statement, Christ's command to repent. Here's David's words. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you, and you alone have I sinned. I have done 
what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But your, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want to burn offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. I want to read that last one of David. That is unbelievable. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. So how does, how does repenting or how does repentance help your relationship? Really? You know, I, I mean, I was writing these notes on. I'm like, really? Do I even have to say it? Why do you want to repent? Well, if you're not right with God, you're not right with each other. It's as simple as that. If you aren't good with God, you're not going to be good with others. It's it's not possible. It's it's. When, when you're not repentant, you know, you're, you don't have a broken heart. Your spirit isn't broken. There's not a sense of humility, a desire to be obedient to Christ's words. The benefits of repenting is we become more mature. We gain wisdom so we don't keep messing up like that over and over and over again because when we repent, we got to find something different to mess up, and I don't mean intentionally, right? But it does mean if I repent, I'm changing, and I'm getting better at that. I'm not perfect, but I am changing. We are forgiven when we repent. So when we repent, God forgives us. He promises to. And then when, when we are forgiven from God or by God, it helps us forgive others, like I, your spouse, your kids, whoever it is that you have a meaningful relationship with, forgiveness is going to be a healthy part of it. And then repentance also, it's, we can no longer be comfortable in our sin. And I've shared that before recently in a podcast called Relentless Grace, where I have had this food addiction and at the recording of this show I'm close to 90 pounds I've lost and that addiction has been miserable but one of the comforting things or one of the blessings that came out of this summer and 
my surgery in South Africa, which is a long story, so you'll have to listen to Relentless Grace. It's it's on the podcast. Was how Amy shared with me, my wife, and said, thank you just for never quitting. I mean, I got bigger and bigger every year for 23 years, but I kept trying. I kept doing different things, and that's a part, I think, of repentance is, man, I just can't quit. I don't ever want to land in that place where I'm just comfortable in my sin. And then lastly, I think when you repent, our respect and commitment to God increases. So when you're humbled like that and when you willingly acknowledge what you need to change, that shows, God, I fear you. It's, that's that word, I think, sometimes that we read in Scripture that Christians use. And I used to hate that word because fear didn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, it's respect. It's honoring. It's going, I love you, and why wouldn't I want to repent? And then how that impacts, it's a trickle effect. And it will, it will cover everything about you. I'm going to close this statement number two with a lovely quote from C.S. Lewis. Now, repentance is no fun at all. It's something much harder than merely eating humble pie. It means unlearning all the self-conceit and self-will that we have been training ourselves into for thousands of years. It means undergoing a kind of death. In fact, it needs a good man to repent. And here's the catch. Only a bad person needs to repent. Only a good person can repent perfectly. The worse you are, the more you need it and the less you can do it. The only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person. And yet he wouldn't need it. That's C.S. Lewis. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you know that if there's something in your life where you are struggling with and you kind of feel like you keep repenting for over and over and over again, it might start with surrendering. But I guarantee you, it certainly is never going to happen if you quit. So even if you fail, even when you're imperfect, you got to keep trying. Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better, it applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks Friends and Family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Find out what's inside that church. From producer J.J. Abrams, critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters and IMAX November 9th. Directed by Julia Savory.